wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is a show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is William Moala. I'm the pastor of the Paravista and the Gawler Seven-day Adventist Churches in South Australia. And thank you for joining us. Uh, this week's theme, we're looking at the topic, the new birth and the work of the Holy Spirit. And today, my co-host and I, we are looking at the specific question, what did Christ mean? You must be born again. And so we're going to be looking at the idea of being born again. What does it mean? What did Jesus mean when he spoke about this topic? And I'm so glad to have in the studio with me today my co-host for the day, um, Eric Hoare. And for those regular listeners, you know who Eric is. Um, but for those who may not know who Eric is, he is the lay pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Fellowship Ministries in South Australia. Eric, it's good to have you in the studio today, mate. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, nice to be back and a gorgeous day. Nice to have the sun out and yeah. uh, looking forward to summer. But no, it's nice. It's uh, Tuesday already and this is a great subject tonight, being born again. Yeah, amen. I can't wait for you to unpack this um, topic of the Holy Spirit. And actually this whole week, our theme for the whole week is actually called the new birth and the work of the Holy Spirit. And so um, we're going to be looking at those themes about the Holy Spirit, the new birth, but today we're looking at what did Jesus mean? You must be born again. And so thank you guys for listening out there, wherever you are. You may be driving or listening to it on your app or wherever you may be. Um, we want to thank you for choosing to spend the next few moments with us uh, here on Drive Time Big Q&A. So we're going to go to a bit of a uh, World Watch segment. This is where we share a bit of news that's out there in media land. And uh, the, tar- the article I want to share with our listeners today, Eric, uh, I found it interesting because, you know, uh, it's an article entitled um, Iranian UFC fighter uses victory speech to share freedom in Christ amid protests in Iran. Now, just a bit of a backstory on this, um, as you probably are aware, are well, are <laughs> aware of, um, Eric, um, you know, uh, back in September, just a couple of months ago, um, Iran, Iran had huge protests in, in the country because a young lady um, basically was killed uh, under suspicious uh, circumstances. I think it was back in September of 22, uh, a 22-year-old Iranian woman, her name was Marsha, Marsha Amini. And what had actually happened, Eric, um, and some of our listeners may, may have heard of this news, she died in a hospital in Tehran, Iran, uh, under suspicious circumstances. And so basically what had happened is she was arrested, Eric, for not wearing the, the hijab, you know, the what the women were supposed to wear, are uh, supposed to wear in I- Iran or that we you know what. And so she was arrested for not wearing it in accordance with the government standards. And what had actually happened was on her way to the hospital when they arrested her and detained her, um, when she got to the hospital, they said that she had a heart attack uh, at the police station, and she collapsed and fell into a coma, essentially. But um, as you read some of the reports, there were some witnesses, some women who were actually detained with this Amini lady. Um, they actually eyewitnessed that she was actually severely beaten by the police. And, um, and ultimately, she died. Actually, it is alleged she really died as a result of per- police brutality, and that's really what sparked... Um, you know, these uh, protests in Iran. And, you know, I was watching the news, and you've probably seen it as well, you, you know, Eric, um, there were women kind of publicly cutting their hair in the streets of Tehran. Um, 
you know, they were removing their hijab just in protest to this, you know, this young woman who basically lost her life um, just because of, you know, some certain, you know, standards of not wearing this particular headpiece, this, you know, hijab. So, um, so that's a bit of a backstory, but the, the article that I wanted to share, I mean, really is as a result of that, Eric. So there's this Uranian UFC fighter, he's, a, he's an MMA fighter, and um, he he won a recent UFC match, and uh, but he used the platform when he had his video speech, and I found it interesting to to really reach out to his country, to to the people of Iran, but he also used the platform to to share his faith. So um, yeah, let me share a, a couple of uh, quotes from the article here, and it's taken from the Christian Post. Uh, the article is written by a lady named Jenny uh, Ortega Law. And uh, it says here, Iranian, Iranian UFC fighter Benel Dariush, he took a moment during his recent victory speech to share the hope he has in Christ with the people of his country amid weeks of social unrest following the death of Masha Amini. Dariush's skills, and it goes on to talk about his fight, but here he says, following the intense match, the Iranian-born American MMA fighter changed the course of his interview to share a specific message with his native, native people. And he says, quote, I'm sorry, Daniel, but I got to take a minute. I need to dedicate this fight to my people in Iran, he told the people, the reporter in the ring. And then he says to his his people, I know you're struggling. I know you're fighting for freedom. I know it's a tough struggle. I want you guys to know we're praying for you and we love you. Then the article goes on to say, Eric, he says, the 33-year-old shared one final thing for his people and everyone listening. Quote, let me tell you one more thing, the mixed martial artist added. This might be the most important thing you'll ever hear. There is true freedom, a freedom that no one can take from you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Don't ever forget that. If you remember one thing I say, remember that. And there's a bit more in the article, but but yeah, just, just the idea that you know he's feeling for his people, obviously, of what had happened with this, you know, this lady that lost her life. So, but then he also uses it to kind of say, "Hey, you know that you know there's there's hope in the gospel. You know there's, you know he as he says here, just reading the quote again, he says, the most important thing that you'll ever hear there is true freedom, a freedom that no one can take from you, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Yeah. Well, good on him for speaking up that way. You know, um, yeah, I know over there apparently they have these um, like uh, temp. Uh, like police that go around just making yeah. sure that the law is being kept properly and and that uh, you know everything's so so but this lady apparently did have the proper headgear on but it just wasn't in the in the oh, right okay it was just inappropriately put on it wasn't she, put on the, the properly, whole way yeah. and so they they got her for that which is such a minor detail and uh, and yet she ended up losing her life you know and I I, I really admire people who who stand up against oppression yeah. and that sort of thinking yeah um, because Jesus came to set us free free and uh and yet we as men can judge a lot of these things in the wrong way you know yeah. and uh and i think what what this is talking about here is just the tip of the iceberg i'm sure it happens all the time and uh, in many countries around the world where oppression is still there particularly for women as well yeah. they don't seem to have a voice to speak up yeah uh so good on him for using that yeah. as a ufc fighter yeah you know eric i i hadn't actually I had the privilege of going to Iran actually a few years ago in 2016. We went for a basically a, a trip around the, you know, the Holy Lands. We went to you know Iran, you know Jordan, Jerusalem, and all that 
for about five weeks, and uh, Iran was actually our first stop. And I remember some of our um, some people who knew we were about to go to Iran. They were very you know cautious, like be careful and you know all that sort of stuff. But I, I can tell you, Eric, when we got there, because it was our first part of the trip, and uh, our tour guide was actually a young woman, a young lady. I forgot her name, but um, all I remember was the people of Iran were such beautiful people. Mm. I mean, it was the total opposite of what I mean. We would stop on our bus, you know, on these you know long drives between cities and towns and we i remember one time we just stopped off for a toilet break and this guy and his his, this this guy and his little kid were playing in the you know they were playing across the road and then they quickly within two three minutes they came back with a plate of some food or something and and just the hospitality i mean we we hear about it you know when we read our bibles we know certain the the culture of the middle east but but to see it in person and to see it in a place like iran um it was beautiful. I know the guys that we went with, they were, we were really um, impressed. I mean, certainly there was still a lot of this, you know, n- different religious type of, you know, cultural place we're in, obviously. Mm. But but um, but the people of Iran that we got to see at least are lovely people. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, I, I thought I'd just share that article with our listeners out there, Eric, because I, I see a couple of things. I see... You know, obviously, with um, what's happening in Iran, this young professional athlete uses his platform to to speak to, his, encourage, and inspire his people. But I think he takes it a step further, and he really talks about his his faith, mm-hmm. and that's a bit of a, yeah. um, you know, it's a sensitive thing, you know, because there's some people that say, well, you should keep religion out of sports and all that type of thing. You know, people don't want to hear about your faith, you know, that type of thing. But but I think there is a principle of you know, Jesus says to let our light shine, you know, and I admire, like you said, I admire the guy that irrespective of what your profession is, you know, this man used it. I mean, think about it. He's on national TV and millions of people watch, you know, watching his fight and he uses it to, to uplift, um, you know, his, you know, Jesus Christ. So I think that's admirable, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's something that we should emulate across the board as Christians. Is I, I think we can do that in our own lives, in our own way, you know, yeah. uh, speak up against uh, injustice and things. But, you know, as we've seen uh, happening for quite a few years now, there's a huge movement um, against Christianity. Yeah. If you believe um, in uh, in Christ and, and, and believe in the Bible, it seems to be that uh, you're almost like a bigot in your beliefs and it can even affect, as we've seen lately, um, even going for jobs or being in politics. They question, uh, you know, what your beliefs are in abortion or, or gay marriage and all those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, but still in our personal lives, we can still express, I believe, the love to other people uh, to uphold other people when we see these injustices, you know. And like I've been um, praying lately a lot for the uh, homeless people around Adelaide. Um, it, we've had a cold summer, uh, sorry, spring. Yeah. And uh, I really feel for those that live under bridges and on uh, benches and around the place and those that have lost their homes in floods and live in tents. It must be a very hard uh, road to hoe. But yet yeah. we've got to think of how well, how much are we blessed uh, that we need, you know, we should speak out against the, you know, for and bring up 
constantly in our minds as Christ would. I, you know, if I think if Christ were here today, he'd be out there with the people that needed him the most, you yeah. know, and uh, helping them out. And I think around the world uh, we see so many injustices and it breaks our heart, but we know that Christ is coming soon. Yeah. And we know that, you know, we should speak when we see these things. And it's always good to hear a story yeah. that you've spoken up about tonight to encourage us and to know that, yeah, there are there are times to speak out about these yeah. things. Yeah, yeah sure. I totally agree, Eric. Mm. And so, um, yeah, just to know that there's um, a young athlete out there and, you know, I don't, don't know who, I've never followed the actual guy, but, you mm. know, just coming back to his quote, he says, the most important thing that you'll ever hear is true freedom in Christ. And I say a big amen to that, mm. you know. And, yeah, I mean, you think about sports athletes and just anyone in the public eye, you know, people, they get scrutinized in every aspect of their lives. And I think it's a big, bold move when they do just be, you know, just not ashamed of the gospel, as the Apostle Paul would say. And so um, so I just thought I'd share that with our listeners out there, um, you know, just to let our light shine, as as Jesus says, and when we are to do it in the the small ways that we live live our lives. So... Yeah, so that's our World Watch segment for today. We're going to go to our book offer, as we do in each of our shows. Uh, Our free book offer today that we'd love to uh, promote today is the book, 10 Days in the Upper Room. So as you know, we're we're talking about the Holy Spirit uh, this week, the new birth. And so this book is right in line with our theme this week, 10 Days in the Upper Room by Pastor Mark Finley, Receiving the Gift of the Holy Spirit. So... If you really want to get into this, uh, a deeper study of the Holy Spirit and, uh, what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit receiving the, the gift of the Holy Spirit, here is a book that we'd love to place in your hands, a free resource that we would love to give to you as a gift, uh, today. So if you'd like the free gift, 10 days in the upper room, receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, you need to text the code word, which is SA83. To our number here in the studio, 048 sorry, eight zero eight double one. So one more time, the code is SA83, no gaps in between. And send that code word SA83 to 048-80811. Our friendly bot will get in touch with you and get your details and we'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. And so we'll make another plug for that book off a little later in the show. So why don't you text us and uh, we'd be happy to uh, get that book out to you soon as we can. So don't go away. we got some music for you now. And when we come back, we're going to be looking at our topic. What did Christ mean? You must be born again. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A.
He's always there, even in my darkest hour. And though it's easy to give in to the thoughts which make me despair and sorrow. That was the song Assured by Grace Ulessi. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. BQ&A with myself, Pastor Will Moala, and my co-host, Eric Hoare. Eric is lay pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Fellowship Ministries in South Australia. If you've just tuned in, our theme for this whole week has is the new birth and the work of the Holy Spirit. But today, my co-host and I, Eric, we're looking at the question, what did Christ mean you must be born again? So, Eric, um, we come now to our time where we want to open the scriptures and, and share with our listeners out there today. What did Christ mean when he said those words? And I believe it's from a passage, I believe, in, in the New Testament. Yes, whenever we uh, talk about being born again, we think of uh, the encounter of Nicodemus yeah, that's with Jesus, I'm... found in John 3, 1 to 21. But it's interesting, first, William, that uh, when we look at this, um, and study it, it's interesting that um, it seems like um, being born again, having a different heart, it seems like the Bible talks about two hearts in existence right. uh, in humanity. Um, if I could just go first to First Peter 1-3, to it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and another one uh, John 3 6 says that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit so here it's talking about two hearts one that's a fleshy heart yep. and another one that's a spiritual heart and that's the, the way we understand it right and so if we go uh, along a bit further about this being born again if we go to John 3 uh, 1 to 21 it says now there came a man of the Pharisees whose name was Nicodemus a member of the council he came to Jesus at night and said to him rabbi we know that you are a teacher who has come from God for no one could do the miraculous signs that you do unless God was with him. Right. Uh, and it's very interesting here, some information on Nicodemus. This is the first time Nicodemus is mentioned in the Bible. He's mentioned in the Bible three times. Three, all right. And there's two accounts uh, further on. It doesn't mention uh, if he had a wife, or he, you know, he probably had a wife, but it doesn't mention her. It doesn't mention he had children. It just talks about him just talks about solely him. here. Mm. And uh, it's interesting the detail that's given here about Nicodemus. Uh, and it says that he, first of all, it says he was a Pharisee. 
And the Pharisees were a group within the Jewish population who had been calling their people back to strict adherence to the law of Moses since the time of the Maccabees. Uh, And their rabbis had built a massive body of oral tradition which interpreted and expanded and safeguarded the original laws. So basically, uh, the law meant so much to them and they had expounded on it and were protecting the laws. Uh, And by the first century AD, there were were likely to be around 6,000 Pharisees. So it was uh, quite a small percentage of the population, but they held a ton of influence over what was considered right and wrong to their countrymen. So they had a great influence being a Pharisee. But secondly, it talks about Nicodemus being a member of the Jewish ruling council. This is another term for the Sanhedrin that we understand. This Uh is uh, 70 members. This is a large, larger group Uh uh, council, which served as a Jewish Supreme Court. So Nicodemus was a very powerful man. And uh, tradition has it that he was a very rich man uh, and uh, a very intelligent man. Uh, And the 70 in the Jewish Supreme Court and the Sanhedrin came from the 70 judges who Moses appointed to help uh, lighten his leadership load at the suggestion of his father-in-law way back in Exodus. So most of the members of the Sanhedrin were Sadducees, actually. Uh, They were typical Uh, aristocrats who collaborated with the Romans to oversee the temple. A minority of members were Pharisees, and this is what Nicodemus was. He was actually in a minority group in this large group of 70 uh, judges, if you like. So what their job was is they would uh, uphold the law, uh, they would sit in judgments if a law was broken, they would particularly look at if somebody broke the Sabbath, uh, and different types of laws. So they were to sit in judgment. So he was basically yeah. a judge within this group. Uh, so it tells us here now that as he came to Jesus, he came to him at night. And uh, a lot of people have, have sort of wondered about that. And uh, uh, I kind yeah. of think when you read what's <laughs> going on, uh, he was uh, being in this council and being so uh, powerful. I think he came at night uh, either Maybe he could, he felt he was a bit ashamed about it. Um, maybe it was because, um, he didn't want to be seen coming to Jesus because Nicodemus came to Jesus. Jesus didn't come to him. Um, and also I think too, uh, that, um, because he was so powerful, he didn't want to set up a, um, a tradition or a, or lead anybody else maybe to come to Jesus if he was wrong. If he had come to Jesus and questioned Jesus yeah. and found that there was no, uh, no source, where did Jesus fit into the interpretation yeah. of what he understood? Uh, he didn't want to mislead either. So he came at night and I believe that Nicodemus would have gone through the, the rough side of town. To right. come where Jesus was, okay. You know, he lived in his nice quarters. He had plenty of money. He, uh, and back in those days, if you were rich, you were thought of to be blessed. Yeah. And if you were poor or had an illness, you were thought that there yeah. was something going wrong in your life. And so he came at night under the cover of darkness. And it's interesting when we talk about light and and darkness. Here he is coming at night. Yeah. And so he comes to uh, Jesus, and he and he really compliments Jesus. He says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could do the miraculous signs that you do unless God were with him. So it tells us here that he didn't really believe that he was talking to the Messiah at this point. 
He didn't believe that he was teach, talking to the, to the chosen one. He was talking as though as Jesus was a, a, a tremendous teacher. He had seen these miraculous signs, but he had a lot of questions. And, and for him to come, I believe he must have seen Jesus in action. He, he had seen the, the uh, wonders. Uh, he had heard his words, which had, had uh, gone to his heart and, and made him think that, hey, you know, there's something here. Uh, I've got to find out. Yeah. I just got to find out. It's like you and I, isn't it, uh, William, when we, Pastor William, when we go and we hear something in our, in our Christian experience yeah. that really does, um, lift the hairs on your neck, if you like. If something that hits you with a truth, you just want to know more. Yeah. And I think Jesus had drawn him through his words and his actions. True. And so he comes along and uh, uh, and he says, look, you know, uh, you've done these miraculous signs, but, you know, uh, you're a great teacher. So he praises him. And uh, Jesus ignores the compliments that comes his way. Uh, and Jesus replies in <laughs> verse 3, straight off. He says to him, I tell you the solemn truth, mate. He's basically saying here, unless a person is born from above, uh, he cannot see the kingdom of God, you know. Yeah. So he's straight to the point yeah. and brings this out. Now, for Nicodemus, um, this was a bit of a um, – he, he didn't expect this. He expected, you know, that he would be in charge of the debate, that he would be, you know, throwing the questions and listen to the answers. But here, here Jesus comes back and and just says to him, you know, uh, you've you've got to actually be born again, and and you can't see uh, the kingdom unless that happens. Uh, so we actually find that Nicodemus was a bit stunned, I think, by that, and uh, he uh, he kind of uh, was caught off guard, I think, because um, yeah. he 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 sort of said to him, um, you know, that he complimented him. Uh, and then he was waiting for a compliment to come back when he complimented Jesus. But Jesus turned the light back onto Nicodemus, yeah. saying, people can't really speak of such things unless they've been born again. Had Nicodemus been born again? Well, that certainly wasn't the question on Nicodemus's mind. In fact, he didn't even know what Jesus was talking yeah. about at this point. I, I like it, Eric, as well, in this story. It seems like Jesus can can read his heart, in a sense. Yes. It's very interesting because at the end of chapter 2, because you're reading chapter 3 of, of the Gospel of John, it says something to the effect that, you know, Jesus, you know, he knew what was in the heart of man, so he kind of was, you know, he was a bit weary of, I wouldn't say weary, but let me pull up the text, actually, because I think it, I think it flows onto the Nicodemus story where uh, it says, uh, here it is, right on the end of chapter 2, it says, Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Mm. So it's this idea that Jesus could read the heart. And so you're saying, here is Nicodemus, Rabbi, you're a teacher, come from God, and you can't do all these things unless God is with you. And, and Jesus like, you need to be born again. So as you say, he cuts straight to the point, doesn't he? He does. And I think um, here... Nicodemus is shocked about uh, this being born again uh, yeah. because uh, to understand the Jewish belief, because he was a Jew, the chosen one, he believed that he was already in the kingdom by his birthright. Yeah, that's true. Now, um, you and I can be caught in the same trap, Pastor. We, yeah. We can believe that because we go to church, uh, because we pay tithe, yeah. Um, and because we do, we believe, you know, good things and whatever, that we um, are basically getting our, earning our way into the kingdom. Yeah. And here Nicodemus, 
um, believes that he's already in the kingdom, really. Yeah. But he's just questioning Jesus because the words that Jesus has spoken about setting people free and it, it was turning things around. Because in the Sanhedrin uh, and the judge, and all he heard was the law and the law being applied without mercy and grace and many times, stoning and different things. Yeah. And, and uh, the way Jesus treated people was different. He was seeing the law in a spiritual way that Christ meant it to be applied, mercy and grace. And so to be told to be born again, he says, hang on, hang on a minute, you know, I'm here I am a Jew and I've been born into my birthright, which is to be in the kingdom of God, and here you're telling me that I need to be born again, I need to have a, a different way of doing it. And so this really, I think, deeply shocked him and set him back at this point. Yeah. So that was quite interesting. And uh, and so Jesus had said, Truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And, and then he replied, Well, how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into the woman's womb to be born. How can someone be born when they are old? If we zoom out of this context of this conversation, here's what John writes immediately before narrating this conversation with Nicodemus. In John 2, 23 to 25, he says, Now while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs Jesus was performing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. He did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person. Yeah. So he can actually see what was, what, as you've been pointing yep. out, what Nicodemus was into. And so at first glass, Nicodemus was the perfect candidate for bringing the Jesus movement legitimacy. He was a righteous Pharisee and a powerful member of the Sanhedrin. Indeed, he was Israel, Israel's teacher. And here he was admiring Jesus and affirming in him as a rabbi from God. Yet in John's view, Nicodemus was a shiny, promising looking prospect to whom Jesus couldn't entrust himself for Jesus knew what was in each person. So Nicodemus found himself conducting an interview with an interviewee who at first first chance turned the conversation into an uncomfortable exploration into whether or not Nicodemus was part of God's kingdom in the first place. And he must have been you know, really, really shocked at having to be born again. Right. Uh, and it really stumped him. Uh, and then Nicodemus said, well, how can this be? Um, and uh, still not computing, Jesus continued, I've spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. Now, how will you then believe if I speak of heavenly things? So here it's now referring back to the fleshy heart, that a fleshy heart, the, the human heart, cannot understand spiritual things unless it's been born again from above. Yeah. This is what it's talking about. You know, and of course, Nicodemus was uh, going into the point, well, you know, how can I be born again? He knew what was, what Jesus was actually implying, I think, at this point. Uh, and so, uh, to be born again means that we, we can, we have to be, accept Jesus into our heart and have a different way of thinking to, to understand what Jesus' words are and imply them in our life. We can read the, as Nicodemus did, he read the Torah. He was an expert in the Bible. Uh, he knew it, knew it through many years of study. Uh, he had got all his diplomas and he was right there, he, a man of great intelligence. And yet there was something missing. Something missing, and that was that he needed to be born from above. He needed to understand that 
you and I cannot do anything to get into God's kingdom. Uh, we can't work at it. We can't uh, justify ourselves. We can't do it in our own strength, yeah. basically. We have to let Jesus change us from above. Yeah. You know, when a person changes, um, Pastor William, when he when a person accepts Christ into their lives, uh, you've seen it, and I've seen it. Yeah. Where people have changed uh, from a rough diamond yep. into something, somebody really precious for God. You and I, everybody's the same. Yeah. And sometimes that change takes place without us knowing it, because we're being changed from above. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely beautiful, and that's what it means. Yeah. I, I like how you in, you're inserting that. It, can be uh, translated as well, being born from above, because I believe that's, you, you can interpret that word, um, you know, being born again or being born above uh, essentially can be rendered two, two ways, even though the, the more common uh, translation that we understand in today's is born again. Mm. But I, I think there's also an argument for the being born from above, as you mentioned, because there's a few times in the Gospels where Jesus, is in John even, he talks about this idea of I'm from above, you're from beneath. So it's like this, it's almost like there's two different dimensions, two levels. And he's saying to, you know, Nicodemus, you need to be born of the spirit. You know, you know you've been born of the flesh, but you need to be born uh, of the above, uh, as it were. So above, again, it's essentially saying the same thing. Mm. So, um, Well, 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, But a natural man does not accept the things yeah. of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually mm. appraised. This is the natural man. This is a man born from the earth. Yeah. So it's not saying that he's going to take this heart and patch it up. He's saying that he's going to give us, I believe, a new heart. Yeah. Being born again. So that means that he's going to take something that, um, you know, like when somebody is born, there's no life before that and suddenly there's life. Mm. That's what I believe it means. Yeah. And, uh, and when we're born again, we have a th- different mindset. Uh, and I think what he's talking about here too, when Jesus came to this earth, the way he acted and, um, uh, treated uh, all people uh, really surprised the church at that time. Yep. They did not even recognize him because it was so different to what they were expecting. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he, he was out there with those that they wouldn't even sit and talk or sup with. Um, he was talking to beggars and and all sorts of folks. And so Jesus is saying to us that, uh, that the compassion that Jesus gives us in being uh, born again is something that only comes from God that we can mm. truly understand. Yeah. Because we only really show our character uh, when things are bad, not when things are good. Yep. And that's what Jesus did when he went through his moments of trial on this earth. A man had to die so that we would live. Christ died, became the man, died so that we could live. And so um, the heart had to stop beating for us to receive the Holy Spirit because he said, I have to go away and let the Holy Spirit come and to get her, you know, to, yeah. to convert people in this world. So I think that's very, very important as well. Uh, and then it goes on and it talks also about, uh, interesting enough, uh, it goes on and says, uh, what is born of the flesh is flesh and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I've said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows wherever it wishes and you hear the sound of it. But you do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So how is it with everyone who was born of the Spirit? And Nicodemus uh, replied, how can these things be? So it's saying to him here that 
you know, that things happen and you can't see the power that's yeah, causing it to happen, yeah. you know. When a wind blows and the tree bends, you know there's a wind there. And uh, we, we know as Christians, when we see things happening, that that's the power of the Holy Spirit, yeah. Jesus in us. And before I was a Christian, I used to think in coincidences that things happened in my life uh, because, you know, it was just a coincidental thing. But now I don't believe that at all. I see the power of the God in that as yeah. well. So that's really interesting. And so... It goes on and says in here too that uh, when we look at it, it goes on and says uh, in verse 10, uh, Are you the teacher of Israel and you, you don't understand these things? Jesus answered, I tell you the solemn truth. We speak about what we know and testify about what we have seen, but you people do not accept our testimony. If I told you people about earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? Yeah. No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from the heavens, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so much the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. To Amen. lift Jesus up, to, to say, well, this is, this is where the power is. This is where the Son of God is, that he is lifted up. Not a serpent that is an idol or an image or yep. where people on the earth get their, um, go for their troubles and worries. It is turning to Jesus Christ. That is the answer. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I, I like in that story as well, as I, you probably might unpack it as well, is you know, initially he he didn't understand the whole concept of being born again. Mm. So then Jesus uses the you know the wind analogy, but then he uses a story that that Nicodemus understands. Mm. He goes as Moses lifted up the the serpent in the wilderness, which is the story in the Old Testament. I think in Numbers chapter eleven or twelve around there, where you know there's that story where you know the Israelites were getting bitten by these venomous snakes, fiery serpents, and uh, they complained to Moses. And Moses tells them to put up a serpent on a pole, and then if they would just look at it, that they were they would live. Mm. And so uh, I, I like that Jesus used a story that Nicodemus could relate to. Yes. I, I think there's probably a principle there as well, Eric, in it that you know when we're trying to share with with people, sometimes we're telling people, and they're like Nicodemus, or we're trying to share our faith, or just share something, I guess uh, you know from the Bible and. If they don't understand, you know, you try and use, and I guess that's why Jesus used parables and he used everyday stories to really illustrate some of these, you know, bigger spiritual truths, you know, you know, and Jesus used stories a lot to convey the message. So I like how here in this interview is that, okay, he didn't get the wind analogy. He didn't get the born again, um, Mm -hmm. kind of, um, you know, he didn't receive that part of, uh, what Jesus was saying, but then he used a story that he could relate to. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and of course, Nicodemus would remember that what had happened. And yeah. so here we see that it's Jesus being lifted up, whereas the, yeah. the other one was just an image, uh, of this, of the snake where this is Jesus and the power of Jesus is what converts. You know, um, Pastor William, I think in, in all our lives, we do try and, um, we do try and do things our way. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and we can hurt by it. And, and, uh, sometimes we, we walk in our Christian life, uh, for years, uh, and we kind of, um, are struggling in our Christian, Christian walk, uh, in a kind of like a burdensome way in many ways. Yeah. Um, and understanding the balance between the law 
uh, which was Nicodemus was struggling with. That was his forte, you know, that was the thing. To understand that and yet giving things over to God to let the Spirit change his life. Yep. That was the, the, the point and changing point in his life because Nicodemus changed after this encounter with Jesus. Yeah. He knew that this was the Messiah. Right. His words touched his heart. He changed completely into the other verses that we'll talk about. Yeah. His change. Yeah. Hey, listen, we're really enjoying our conversation, Eric. We're just going to have to pause for just uh, a break. Uh, before we go to some music, we'd like to just, uh, promote our free book offer one more time in our show today. Uh, the book is called 10 Days in the Upper Room, uh, Receiving the Gift of the Holy Spirit by Pastor Mark Finley. And so in this book, you revisit the upper room and specifically study the preparation necessary to receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. 10 Days in the Upper Room. The book's divided into three sections. Three sections, examining inspiration, reflecting on inspiration, and applying inspiration. So, hey, if you want to want to dive deeper into this topic of the new birth, the Holy Spirit, this is the book that we would love to place in your hand. So, please text the code word if you'd like a free copy. The text code word is SA83 with no gaps in between. So, SA83 to the number here in the studio, 04888 uh, if you text that through, our friendly bot will get in touch with you and get your details. We'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. So don't go away. We've got some music. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A.
That was Carly Fletcher, a new creation. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. Pastor Will Moala here and my co-host, Pastor Eric, from the Adelaide Aboriginal Fellowship Ministries in South Australia. If you've just tuned in, we're at the tail end of our show today. Our theme for the rest of this week is the new birth and the work of the Holy Spirit. And my co-host Eric and I, we've been looking at the question, what does Christ, what did Christ mean? You must be born again. And we've been looking at the the story of Nicodemus in the Gospel of John chapter 3. So, Eric, in the little time that we have left, why don't you walk us through on how this story uh, develops between Jesus and Nicodemus? Well, it's interesting, the other two uh, accounts of what happened to Nicodemus after this. Uh, you see a, a completely different Nicodemus, actually, uh, after this encounter with Jesus, which yeah. is so thrilling to see. But could I just share something here that I, I think is really important, where uh, it talked about uh, in the Bible about divisions in the church, uh, and it said uh, in verse 3, it says, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. And even now you're not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife amongst you, you are not of the flesh and are behaving only in a human way. So that's interesting. It's saying that even in our churches today, as we await for Christ to come, there can be jealousy and divisions amongst us. And Christ is saying that we need this this, um, this changed heart so that we can uh, be more like him in dealing with conflicts. But but with Nicodemus, in John 7, 50 to 51, it says, Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and was one of their own number, asked, Does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he's been doing? So here Nicodemus uh, addressing uh, the Sanhedrin, addressing the Pharisees, saying now, does our law condemn a man without, you know, first hearing what Jesus wants to say? This is totally different now to how he fought thought before. He's had a, a shift, a paramount shift. And later in John nine thirty thirty nine it says nineteen thirty nine he says he was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and spices, about seventy five Pounds worth. So after Jesus had been crucified, Nicodemus joined Joseph of Arimathea in giving Jesus a traditional Jewish burial. And Nicodemus actually bought the spices to do that. Yeah. So here we see a change. Nicodemus had found peace in his heart. Right. Uh, he he un- understood who the Savior was. He recognized Jesus as the Son of God, and the power of the Holy Spirit came into his life. He understood. Uh, what Jesus' words now meant, where he knew them before, but he applied them in a pharisaical way. He, he applied it in a law way of judging people instead of setting yeah. them apart and setting freedom. Uh, and there's a great lesson for us today about judging others, for it says the wheat and the tears grow together. Uh, and uh, it is Jesus who is the judge because God the Father actually gives Jesus the authority to be the judge at the end of time. And so we find now that Nicodemus had changed. And there's also another part about Nicodemus uh, in the top, not in the, not written in the Bible, but it's written in the uh, Talmud, uh, T-A-L-M-U-D, uh, uh, written, uh, also mentions a story about Nicodemus's daughter. Uh, it relates that one day when a rabbi was riding out of Jerusalem, he spoke to a poor young beggar and discovered that she was Nicodemus's daughter. 
He recalled that her father had lost his fortune and had not practiced deeds of charity because he'd given all his money away. And this, this kind of rather confirms our picture of Nicodemus. He, he was transformed by his experience of the outgiven life and love of Jesus. And in that light of, of that, he gave away most of his wealth. And the powerful impact of the cross of Christ can likewise banish all our, all our preconceived ideas and uh, put compassion in our hearts that we will, uh, we will also result in real generosity to all that we meet. And so, uh, as the, as we await for Jesus to come again, uh, the Holy Spirit is working on our hearts. We're Born again, we show the the world what Jesus is really like, and we go out and we share love and kindness amongst people. And yet we're still sinners, and and yet we can we have the privilege of doing that. Nicodemus, he was changed. He came to Jesus under the cover of night, yeah, and he left in the light of day. Wow! And his Amen. life changed from one struggling in the darkness to understand to one of light of having a rebirth experience. He was never the same. And you and I are never the same when we encounter Jesus. But the, what we've got to do is we've got to give our heart to him. We have to get on our knees and, and ask to be emptied out. Yeah. And and when we start to do things in our own power, hey, we need to be pulled up and we need to say, no, this is God's work. It's the Holy Spirit that changes people's hearts. It's not us that uh, yeah. in ministry that do that. It is only the working of the Holy Spirit. And so we will move from the darkness into the light. And we're all growing in that, I believe. I think we're all growing in that light. And uh, I make mistakes and have yeah. fallen down. Um, we and, all do, right? And yeah, and and Christ picks us up. But it's a it's a wonderful thing. To, to be like Nicodemus and to come to Jesus and just to hear what he says and to, and to listen to his reply and, and even to question him, but to listen to what he has and then he will direct us into that beautiful light and then we will be changed. And, yeah. uh, and that's so beautiful, I think, yeah. Yeah, you know what I love about this story as well, um, Eric, is the fact that perhaps the most famous Bible passage in all of the Bible, John yeah. chapter three sixteen. Yes, you know, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. Whosoever yes. believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Is it? Isn't it? How amazing is it that it was actually spoken one to one? That's right. It was just between two individuals. It's like me and you saying something right here in the studio, Eric. Yep. And it ends up being, you know, broadcast across the world, like every, you know to the whole globe and I find interesting as you said a man that came by night he was you know didn't want to really be seen I guess it kind of the picture is painted and yet we and Christians for centuries now have been reflecting on this story Uh, I think that's power I think that's part of the inspiration of the Bible is that that God wanted us to know this story because there are many if I could you know there are people like Nicodemus who are in the world. They're kind of, something's drawing them to God. Something's drawing them to this show. Something's drawing them uh, to know or want to know about God more. And could it be that God's the one that's initiating that? Mm. You know, my mind thinks of the text in Jeremiah 31 in verse 3, Eric, where it says that, you know, God draws us with his everlasting love. And, and certainly that's what was drawing Nicodemus. What, mm. what draws, what draws each and every person? 
yes. to come to know God. Yeah, and what you quoted there about John 3.16 follows on from the Nicodemus story. Yeah. Uh, and just to read that, it says, yeah. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, Amen. but to save the world through him. Amen. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds may be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. And that's the changing, isn't it? The changing of life. Uh, You know, this is a wonderful story. And and I think it was rightly so that Nicodemus thought he was born into the kingdom through his birthright, uh, through his tradition, uh, had to be born again. And it's the same for each one of us, that we have this flesh, this sinful flesh, that we need to be born again. And the only way that that will ever happen is that we stay close to Jesus, we come to Jesus, and he changes us he gives us that heart that heart that other people will recognize and say hey that person there really knows god because of his actions because of the fruit of the spirit and that's so wonderful you know when we do acts of kindness or good deeds to other people it is only because christ directs us to do that it's not done through self and not for a reason the only reason we do it is because we love other people as christ loves us amen so eric very lastly, there's someone listening out there right now today. They're in their car. They're probably listening to it at a future date. They're kind of doing the Nicodemus thing. They're, something's drawing them to this program. Something's There's an inkling of a curiosity to know about God, to know about the Bible. What would you say to that person listening out there today? I would say to give Jesus a go. Amen. I would say to them to get on their knees and just say, Lord, come into my life. I need you now. And uh, I, I, I truly believe that um, I, I didn't do that for a number of years. Uh, it took me a while to actually do that myself. Uh, but I know that that's where the power is. May Amen. I pray? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you tonight to thank you, to thank you yes. for Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and for you, Father. And today, Lord, we know that you are the all-powerful one. Amen. Lord, you're the one that changes lives. And through the story of Nicodemus too, Lord, we know that we need to be born again. We need to have a changed heart. We need to be born from above. And so, Lord, we ask that whatever is troubling people, somebody today out there in this world, that you will just touch their heart, Lord, and give them peace and uh, happiness. Pray, Lord, if they're inquiring about you, that they will read your word and listen to your word and come close to you. And, Lord, you will change them. You will show them in their lives the right way to go. You will bring them happiness in their yes. life because you'll draw them closer to your family and to the, and closer to their family and they will become sons and daughters of God. And so, Lord, we thank you today yes. for a changed heart. We thank you for all that Jesus did for us, that even though we may be evil, that you change our hearts and make us more like you. Oh, Lord, we thank you so much for this story. And we pray, Lord, that each one of us will come out of light and out of this darkness into this wonderful light and be more like you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Pastor Eric. Our time is up for today. So tomorrow, please tune in again as Gary and David look at the topic, Can the Holy Spirit Change Me, Change Us? 
please uh, join us tomorrow in our show today. But for now, we want to leave you with the promise of Christ. Peace I leave with you, Jesus says. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next time.